I would like you to pay attention. Within two minutes, we would like to ask uh, Dr. Robinson to come up and answer your questions. However, I'd like to add a couple more things. I mentioned the uh, fundraising dinner for Women's Space. Its uh, ticket is $40. And uh, if you want ticket purchase tickets today, Lisa can give you the tickets for Women's Space dinner. Uh, talking about Lisa, Lisa is also ready to accept payment for membership. Uh, SACPA is uh, a membership-run organization, and uh, a lot of finances is paid for by your membership. Uh, some people ask, uh, what's the spin-off for being a member? I have to inform you, there's none. Uh, it's just a good feeling of supporting such a historical, good organization by being a member. And Lisa, how much is a membership? $25. She's also ready to accept your application for membership if you have a $25 change. Um, I see that uh, Tom Robinson's finished his lunch. Am I okay? Uh, now, we are going into question and answer period. And uh, the microphone is over there. Uh, I will not accept any question from the table. You have to come up there. And please keep your question to as short as possible. No speech. I will cut you off if there is a speech. And another thing, because of this delicate matter that we are dealing with today, please avoid any kind of a personal attack. Uh, I will also cut you off if you go into the, uh, that area. Anyhow, uh, there's already one questioner standing. So would you ask, uh, come up here, Tom, to answer questions? By the way, uh, would you please mention your name first and then go into the question. Thank you. Thank you, Tad. I'm Bev Mundell Atherstone, and I want to thank our speaker today for a very enlightening and uh, lighthearted approach to a heavy topic. And um, at our table, we were discussing the difficulties with people even talking to the bishop to... <coughs> like the historic societies having difficulty getting any response from the bishop um, and that some of, the, some of the reasons for closing the church seem spurious. Um, this it's, has quite a striking parallel to the closure of the Little Bow Continuing Care Center in Carmengay where the government has uh, given spurious reasons for the closing of this long-term care center and um, has... <coughs> has not been forthcoming with the reasons. So both of these, whether it's the provincial government or, in this case, organized religion, um, are using the trappings of their organization to, to really keep the people who are most affected from being able to have some influence uh, on the decision. So could you talk about 
what you had mentioned earlier, that relationship between the structure of organization and <clears throat> um, us not vilifying that, but seeing that it's important, and the, um, uh, I guess, the, the way that democracy really works. So how can we have more influence, or how, how does a society work well if um, we can't have influence in these structures that impact us on a daily basis? I wonder if, in some ways, it's a case of uh, not so much the office or the authority of the bishop to make those decisions as the kind of bishop that you might have making the decision. Uh, some bishops will be uh, more committed to the welfare of uh, their parishioners than others. Some have just a better way of relating. And so I think maybe a different bishop in that post, uh, you would either have a different result or the same result, but people feeling perhaps a bit more comfortable with the uh, explanation for that. A, a lot, now, bishops, uh, if you take the whole history of, of the Christian church or the Catholic church, there have been bishops that have uh, sacrificed themselves for the good of their flock. I mean, that's part of the story. Not every bishop has that reputation. And uh, if, uh, if a bishop or a politician fails to heed the wishes of the people, even in a hierarchical structure, uh, they will lose... Uh, their support. And now in the Catholic Church, it may be a little different. In Protestantism, if you don't like what's going on in one denomination, there's always another corner you can go to with doors open. Uh, in Catholicism, it's not quite the, the same way. But in any institution, whether religious or not, if people feel that they aren't being heard, uh, forget the principle of democracy if people feel they aren't being heard, then there will be some sort of uh, maybe rapid distancing, but certainly distancing from their commitment to that group. Uh, what, what's the solution? Uh, uh, if the situation is grave and there's not money or parishioners or clergy to fill in, it, uh, an institution might have to be closed unless it's a hospital and then you don't want clergy, you want doctors there. Uh, but if, if you don't have staff or resources, you might have to close it. Uh, and I would guess people of different abilities would handle that uh, differently so that uh, the community might feel uh, less uh, disadvantaged by or uh, disregarded. But uh, what's the solution? I think a lot of people have wanted to uh, have Bishop Henry do other things, uh, but uh, but uh, you could have. I, I suppose you could have worse. You could have better. I'm, I'm not. Again, I'm, Bab, I'm not only uh, committed one to this. But if you come up with a solution, uh, <laughs> there are people who want to hear. 
Excuse uh, me. Uh, sorry, Terry. I forgot to mention that at this point, please ask one question. And when you ask a question, please go back to your seat. And if you have a second question, wait until all the questioners finish their turn. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, uh, my name is Terry Shillington. I, if I can get away with it with the moderator, I'd like to uh, correct one, one thing you've said and uh, then ask my question. The correction is that you assumed um, as you were beginning that you must have been about the 23rd person who was asked to do this. And I know for a fact you were the first one asked uh, because you were well recommended, and I see why you were recommended. So thank you for doing this. The question is this. I thought maybe there were some words left out of, uh, of what the solution might be. Uh, you know, I'm from the United Church, and we fall within the Presbyterian stream that you referred to, and we don't pretend to be a democratic church. We talk about ourselves being conciliar. We send people to councils, and councils decide, and they come back and report. And, but in all of this, uh, however uh, churches do leadership, don't you think there are some key words like consultation, and respect, and listening, and honoring uh, feelings, and uh, so isn't there a style of leadership that's awfully critical, regardless of which of those three uh, things you fall into? Anyway, it's just a question comment. Uh, but Terry, don't you think that's true for any kind of social engagement, that there has to be that level of respect and listening? Uh, no matter what the level of disagreement. Uh, and uh, when that doesn't happen, whether it's in a religious institution or in a family, uh, there's going to be uh, difficulties. But that doesn't, that doesn't solve the problem. That simply makes uh, a less tense arena for uh, trying to discuss it. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Grant Alger, and I'm a member of St. Patrick's Church in Lethbridge. And I have a question about the uh, church hierarchy and uh, our discovery through this process of how, how much power, it, talking of power, is concentrated within the office of the bishop. Um, and that there are, to our discovery that there is no um, other body you can really turn to other than Rome uh, to have your grievances heard and uh, dealt with, as happened in some of the U.S. churches, the, the, the uh, Vatican did speak and uh, open, I think, 13 churches down in the United States that had been closed by their bishop down there. And I wondered if you could uh, kind of speak to that issue, and why is so much power concentrated in one man uh, for this area, and, and hey, as accountable to no one? Uh, the authority of the bishop... Uh, is not uh, without uh, restriction the, uh, on major matters of the institution of the Catholic uh, Church, uh, matters of uh, theology and of uh, morals. Uh, you're going to have that decided, uh, even though an individual bishop may have uh, vocal opinion on, on the matter, uh, those matters are going to be decided by a council of bishops, uh, rather than individual bishops making a decision for, for the locals. However, in matters I think more related to church property probably than anything else, the bishop is the, uh, I could say, 
the man uh, in Catholicism. Uh, and I'm not sure just uh, where that power originates from, except that I can say that in early Christianity, when uh, offices were being formed to uh, deal with a growing institution, that the office of bishop uh, had uh, responsibility uh, in each city. Uh, there would be a bishop, one bishop for each city, and that bishop would have obligations uh, not only in regard to the transmission of the tra tradition and of uh, some of the ritual practices. Uh, he also controlled the purse strings and uh, was uh, needed to keep uh, the uh, clergy paid uh, to uh, uh, keep uh, uh, often used the money to ransom prisoners uh, to feed the poor, to look after widows, but it, uh, the uh, duties of financial matters fell to the bishop. Part of the reason for that was that prior to the extension of Christianity as the favorite religion of the Roman Empire in the 300s, uh, Christianity had a non-legal uh, status. And uh, so there's some debate about how uh, Christian churches would have been viewed by the state and what rights they had, but often the institution itself uh, was not recognized uh, and everything was held by the bishop. And I, I do believe that some of that probably was retained as the church uh, developed into the favorite religion of the empire. Uh, I could be mistaken about that, but I'm not mistaken about the roots of that. Uh, I could be mistaken about how long-term that influence was. My name is uh, Knut Peterson. Uh, I have to add a little bit to what Tad said about membership. Uh, there is actually a benefit to be a member. Uh, SACPA is a democratic organization. You get to vote at the annual general meeting. <laughs> uh, could, could I ask uh, if all members got to vote on who would be first speaker? <laughs> <laughs> So it's, uh, the democracy is limited. That was by consensus. Uh, I'd like to mention that uh, we're paying a dollar extra for lunch these days, and, and it, it could maybe be said that we got bang for our buck. We got new chairs. Uh, speaking about money, uh, how does that play into this question we are facing today? Uh, I can only answer that from my personal finances, and it's pretty bleak. Uh, I, I simply don't know. The uh, uh, financial situation of the Catholic Church in any area, let alone the local area of St. Pat's, but I think many churches... Uh, are having difficulties with uh, revenue uh, these days. And it wouldn't surprise me if uh, the Catholic Church, where there's declining membership, would have a similar kind of problem. But I, I don't know that. I, I could phone and ask the bishops to show me the books, but... Uh, are you ready? I'm never ready, but... <laughs> The question is, can I run faster than you? <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt of that, I'm uh, sure. 
My name is Ralph Himsel, and I understand uh, there is a principle called the principle of subsidiarity, which states in effect that any decisions which are taken should be taken at the level nearest those who are affected by the decision. And I'm wondering uh, then in your experience if uh, how authoritarian organizations handle that or do they just ignore it? Uh, I'll show you what they probably do. Since I don't have an answer to that question, I'll just ignore the question. Uh, uh, I, I simply, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, I, I simply uh, don't know. But we do have, uh, I won't put uh, a person in the spotlight here to embarrass them, but we do have a person here who is much more an expert on uh, Roman Catholicism than I am. He's... Uh, from the university, and uh, we could direct uh, maybe a question to him. He's uh, also my brother-in-law, so I don't mind putting him on the spot. If so, should should any of you feel that you're my brother-in-law and would like to answer a question that I don't have an answer to, uh, please feel free to contribute. Um, Austin Fennell, um, I think I was expecting you to continue in your address in the way in which you began, and that was offering more critique. And I still think that that would be one of the most useful functions people in your position can offer. Now, um, maybe you'd rather have the journalists do it, <clears throat> but um, it's a possibility that that um, would offer a more insightful thing for those who are standing within as well as outside the church. I, my question is whether Christianity is really antithetical to democracy. Um, you know the nature of Christianity by your teaching, some aspects of it anyway. And so um, maybe it really doesn't have to pay any attention to the value of democracy. But I'd still choose the word. Is Christianity antithetical to democracy? Uh, my, my purpose... Uh uh, in uh, in doing this was to raise questions which I think are important about how democracy and uh, institutionalized religion is viewed. So I, I uh, that was fully intentional on my part to limit my talk largely to that because I think there's a significant misunderstanding of that that needs to be addressed. Now there are uh, other questions beyond that that are important too. Uh, I don't feel that I'm, I have the interest or the background to address some of these matters. I do have an interest in uh, how religious authority or religion in society is understood and its role, the role that it plays in society. And I would not want to see that misunderstood or uh, depreciated uh, uh, more than I think it uh, deserves to be uh, criticized. Uh, your second point was... Uh, some people would argue, I think, that maybe democracy owes a great debt to Christianity. Uh, if you're a good Protestant, you might even say, not to all of Christianity, but to us, uh, to Protestants uh, in the ideas of individualism and the challenge to hierarchical structure that 
uh, you might find at various levels in Protestantism and in opposition to uh, the large uh, Catholic tradition that was in place. So the 1500s could offer various examples of uh, a challenge to hierarchical structure in organized religion, uh, though not every challenged challenge was uh, necessarily one that we would want to have happen here unless we want to see every farmer with a pitchfork and and uh, sword taking to the streets to exercise their individual rights against uh, the power of priest and prince. So, but uh, it could be argued that that uh, aspects of religion, or at least in certain interpretations of Christianity, that there is uh, seeds that can be planted that could uh, sprout into democracy, and some people would argue that that has, in fact, been the case. That's not my field, uh, so I uh, will not be plucking any other grain there. You're too late. Good afternoon. My name is Mike Crow. Uh, I am not a Catholic, so I don't worry about excommunication. Henry VIII took care of that for me. But um, I am concerned that we're doing a lot of talking. There's no action. The university spreads its information to the students, and I've seen what happens to some students when they leave. Mm -hmm. So we have democracy, we have religion, and above all and beyond those two, we have faith. Faith is what the congregations are about. Religion is what the hierarchy and the in-betweens are about. And as far as democracy goes, well, we can look around Canada and see how democracy goes. Ask Fort MacLeod. Ask a few other places. But in the churches, and I am not going to the Catholic Church, but I'm going to the others as well, there is this split between the hierarchy and the faithful. And we are not going to have any faithful and the hierarchy will be left on their own because the children are not moving up. And nowhere today... Have I heard anything that says if we're going to preserve democracy, religion, and faith, we need an influx of new people, and that's children. I've seen it happen in certain churches, but I don't see it happening enough. What's your opinion on that? Because you at the university control those minds at a very, very early stage, and you mm. can imprint on them. What should be done? Have, have you ever recently looked over an audience of students? Uh, <laughs> Don't to talk just, about statements. That's to, half the trouble. To, to see just how attentive they are to whatever you say. I'm a historian. Uh, and the older I get, the more convinced uh, I am uh, that this is a good thing to be. Uh, 
so uh, do I have concern about present situation? Yes. But I'm not perhaps as alarmed by present situation as many might be because I have a sense that uh, I won't say everything goes in cycles, but there are periods of decline and periods of growth. Uh, it's not a principle that uh, will be followed by everything all the time. But I, I would guess in uh, religion generally, I'm interested in the concept of religion generally, that there is often when we see decline in one area, we see a revival of it in another. So uh, many churches are uh, doing quite well bringing in uh, the youth. Uh, how long they stay is another matter. Whether they shift over to uh, some uh, religious traditions that are a bit more institutionalized as they age and, and such, it's hard to say. But I'm not sure that uh, there is such a significant decline of religion globally. In, in fact, uh, Harvey Cox, a uh, Harvard professor, wrote a book in the 60s called The Secular City, uh, where he, um, at that time, uh, was convinced of a considerable decline in uh, the uh, presence and influence of religion. And uh, in the 1990s, wrote a book. He said he didn't apologize for his first book, but it is kind of an apology in some ways. He wrote a book, Fire from Heaven, where he deals with the rise of Pentecostal spirituality and the considerable influx into the Christian church that that movement uh, has produced. So uh, do, uh, any organization needs to bring into it and as I count the white heads here, I might point out uh, any, any organization that needs to survive or intends to survive needs to bring in uh, new members, younger members, the church uh, in whatever uh, shape or label uh, needs to do the same thing. And it may be very difficult in modern Western society to have much success there for some denominations. But uh, religion in the world is, I don't think, a dying phenomenon, though it may well be in particular parts of the world. But even there, uh, my sense is that there will be times of more religious influence and times of decline in religion, uh, religious influence even more serious than uh, we see today. So I'm, I would guess the, the whole scheme of things probably uh, were not at the worst of times, the best of times. When I say we, I, I just mean uh, not we, but institutionalized religion or the influence of religion in society. I'm sure that's not an answer to your question, uh, but uh, I, I thought I might try to slide it by as such. Philosophy Mike, Mike strength, not wait mind. for next uh, question, please. Thank you. Hello, uh, Peter Green. Um, I'd like to compl compliment you in, on the skillful way you tiptoed through the minefield. Yeah. Uh, I think it's highly commendable. Uh, my, my comment is, is, is uh, from a position of complete ignorance, so I hope you'll excuse me and... and uh, permit a comment, and that is that it seems to me that uh, 
the, the very nature of orthodox religion, be it Roman Catholicism or Islam or whatever, doesn't matter, uh, is based on a congregation's uh, desire for structure, for, for some sort of uh, set of rules that are really quite non-democratic. And so the problem arises, the catch-22 would appear to arise when the person in authority comes down with some statement that doesn't agree very well with a lot of the congregation. So you really can't have it both ways. You can't have the, uh, an acceptance of a non-democratic situation and on the other hand saying, but I don't like what he's saying. It's like my wife says about bringing up the kids, you know. Uh, she brought them up to, to uh, have a set, a, set, a set of values and all that. So when they grew up and she found that they thought differently to the way she did, she <laughs> wondered what had gone wrong. But <laughs> I wonder if we have something similar here. Uh, thanks for asking that because I'm going to use that as a chance to say something I wanted to say. But I had in my notes, but I found uh, apparently my eyesight is in decline, as well as much uh, of the rest of me, uh, and I couldn't see my 12-point type. But let, let me say this, because I think it's funny, and I worked on it, and I don't want to leave without saying it. And it's important. E even though uh, modern society, modern Western society, has dismissed the authority of priest and prince, we still like authority. We really do. And I would call it the authority of the prophet. And not prophet in this kind of bearded, bombastic, biblical, doomsayer kind of thing. But these modern gurus that promise, let me see, happiness, the secret of the universe, eternal health, undescribable wealth. And beauty that will last forever. And apparently some of you have uh, tried uh, this. Uh, but we, we do, uh, in modern society, look, look at us. Uh, I say bring organized religion on because it's not going to leave greater scars than some of our modern gurus that tell us uh, how to live and Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, Warren Buffett, Revlon, whatever. Uh, so we, there is in kind of the human condition a discontent, at least as I see it, uh, looking for uh, greater levels of security, uh, health, none of this is necessarily bad, but I think it describes the human condition that some people in our society might find security an answer to problems of uh, uh, health, poverty, or maybe not health, but illness, poverty, uh, the loss of ability that comes with uh, aging, and that, that some people might find comfort and uh, help in institutionalized religion doesn't scare me nearly as much 
institutionalized religion that's old, that's been established, that has had millions of people experiment with it and find satisfaction in it, I would much rather see people maybe take a dose of that than to be hanging around chapter self-help section uh, looking at the latest fad and secret of the universe that somehow escaped everybody but a few. <laughs> so... Th uh, whoever asked that question that I didn't give an answer to, but thanks, because I, I did want to say that. Uh. Let us all give big applause. Thank you very much. So, till next Tuesday, I hope you'll be there on next Tuesday for the special session at the library. And thank you for coming, and again, thank you very much, Dr. Robinson. <laughs>